0: Uh, hope you're having a fabulous day. This is Al-Fadi, and obviously, we are, uh, uh, you know, uh, dealing with a uh, tough, tough, tough situation. Um, I'm not so sure, really, if you're going to listen to this in a timely manner or not. But as I record this, we are dealing with the situation of the coronavirus that is uh, an, uh, a global epidemic, if you wish. And as a result of this, of course, I wanted uh, today's message to be really uh, from the heart heart and from the Word of God uh, related to this issue. As you know, especially for us as believers, and of course if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason, and I am your host Al-Fadi, and today's special message has to do with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, As believers, we are expected to shine regardless of the situation and the circumstance, and regardless of whether that situation, the difficulty, the trial is a personal communal, statewide, nationwide, or in this case, globally, worldwide. And I really can't find better ways to try to um, basically articulate uh, our behavior in such situations without relying heavily on the Word of God. So I'm going to let the Word of God speak, and I will follow with as much wisdom that the Lord will bestow upon, upon me to kind of like elaborate, for instance, in Psalm 73, Psalm 73, we read in verse 25 all the way to the end the following. This is the psalmist, basically, appealing to the Lord and saying, whom have I, uh, whom have I in heaven but you? And folks, this is really what it boils down to, The one that we have in heaven, the Lord, the creator of the universe, is the one that we appeal to, not just today because of the coronavirus, not tomorrow because of maybe famine or other trials in our life, not because of yesterday or persecution maybe, but at any given moment of our day, at any given moment of our day. The reason why we're given the scripture is to help us because we depend heavily on the Word of God, the creator of heaven and earth. And that's pretty much what we need to really keep our eyes on, our focus on. So, the psalmist is saying, whom have I in heaven but you? And then he responds to his own rhetorical question. And beside you, I desire nothing on earth. And, and that's an amazing statement, actually. That's an amazing statement. Because the Apostle Paul later on in the New Testament reminded us that we are seated with the Lord in the heavenly places. Meaning that we, are, we don't belong anymore. To Earth, We don't belong to planet Earth. We are citizens of heaven. And if you are a citizen of heaven, you're seated with Christ in heaven. Let your mind basically focus on things above. If that's your attitude, if that's the way you're behaving, if that's the way you are conducting yourself, if that's the life that you're living, a life that is worthy uh, uh, or a manner that is worthy of the gospel, uh, then nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can get in the way of our affliction. Nothing can basically make us worry or be disturbed or be concerned. Nothing at all. In fact, I'm going to go to Romans right now, chapter 8, and I want to read these amazing, amazing passages for us to remind us of what I mean. Starting from verse 31 in Romans 8, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is what he said. In fact, let me me take it back a little bit. You know, this famous, uh, you know, uh, verse 28 that, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Folks, we are called according to the purpose of God. It didn't say who are called according to his purpose, except in a time of coronavirus, except in a time of famine, except in a time of pestilence and pandemics. No, at all times. We are called according to his purpose at all times. Earlier in verse 26, actually, another amazing passage in Romans 8. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Speaking of the Holy Spirit here, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He intercedes. For the saints, according to the will of God. If you don't know what to pray about today, if you're having a hard time even coming up with words to articulate maybe your worries, your fear, your, your basically brokenness right now, or maybe even your sadness and, and your overwhelming, uh, you know, basically, um, uh, you know, uh, emotions about maybe a neighbor that you know that passed away. I know someone who was close to us, at least at our, you know, church community who passed away as well. So it hits home. It does hit home. Uh, so uh, maybe someone you knew about in the past, maybe someone in another state that you met with before. I mean, uh, these diseases no, you know, do not distinguish. And, and God has a, you know, purpose for all of this. We don't understand sometimes, why, Lord? Why did you take this person? Why did you allow this person to go through this? Why did you allow this family to suffer through this? God looks at the long-term purposes to glorify his name through us. And the Holy Spirit will pray for us, will intercede on in our behalf. Maybe you don't know what to say, but the Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart, and he will relate that you know, appropriately, and he will give us that comfort. And then we get to verse 28 that I just read, and we know Uh, You know, all things work together for good. That's one translation. But here I'm reading the New American Standard translation and it's saying, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Notice, God is sovereign. God knows what he's doing. God is wise. And then in verse 29, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed. To the image of his son. You see, the purpose is for us to get sanctified and become perfect like the son, like our Lord Jesus Christ, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. He is our uh, basically oldest brother, if you wish. He is the firstborn of the family of God. He is the one that God showed us to model everything after him. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He resurrected. You have eternal life. We too will have the same thing. We know where we're going, folks. We know where our destiny will end up being. So there is nothing really here that should cause us fear, if you wish. And and as a result of this, you know, he proceeds to say in verse 30, and the and these whom he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and these. Whom he justified, he also glorified. Glory is what awaits us. And that's uh, what led, uh, basically, and and, and with that passage, the Holy Spirit led Paul to this amazing passage, now starting from verse 31. Again, I'm reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're we're having a special, pretty much, uh, you know, podcast today about the coronavirus pandemic as we should focus on this, but from God's perspective. In Romans 8, 31, it reads, What then shall we say to these things? Again, another rhetorical question the writer here, in this case, Paul, is asking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If God is for us, who is against us? Do you honestly believe that this coronavirus can stand against a mighty God who created everything, including this virus? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. He delivered Jesus to the cross for your sake, for my sake, for the sake of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. If he did not spare his his son. I mean, remember Jesus at Gethsemane praying, say, Father, if, you know, If if it is in your will to let this cup pass away from me, let it be. But your will be done, not mine. I mean, that's how agonizing that moment would have been to go all the way to the cross. And the father didn't respond back and say, you know, son, that's fine. Don't do it. No, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, for all of us. How will he not also with him freely gives us all things? Folks, if your mind is focused on things above, then you're not going to worry about earthly things. You're not going to worry about earthly stuff. You're not going to worry about fear or other things. Okay? You are not going to worry about what happens to me today, what happens to so-and-so, what happens in the past, what's going to happen in the future. I get it. We worry. And Jesus knew that. And he told us, do not be anxious. That's what he told us, basically. And we'll look at that shortly. Let's continue here. Then he says in verse 33, uh, in verse 32, we're going to continue, but delivered him over for us. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Verse 33 Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who can really bring a charge in court and say, these guys don't worth it? No one. God is the one who justifies. He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need the adversary, Satan, to stand and try to justify who is worthy and who's not. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's a murderer from the beginning. God is the one who justifies. God the Father initiated the plan, God the Son fulfilled that plan, and God the Holy Spirit is completing the sanctification process to perfect us according to that plan. God is the one who justifies. Verse 34, who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, he is the one who was condemned on our behalf. Rather, who was raised who is at the right hand of God. Remember? You see what he's telling us? He did not really succumb to death. He did not really die and never came back to life. He overcame death, and he's alive right now, seated at the right hand of God at the place of honor, the ultimate honor on the throne right now in heaven, who also intercedes for us. You see, God intercedes on our behalf. The Son intercedes. The Holy Spirit intercedes. God cares that much for us. In verse 35 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? If I just laid out all of these powerful facts for you, Paul is saying, then let's ask another rhetorical question. Who then will separate us from such an amazing love? Will tribulation? Will distress? Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, pestilence, virus, sword, persecution, just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And then he closes chapter 8 with these amazing words. Verse 37, but in all these things, that includes the virus, by the way, in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him. We are more than conquerors, by the way. We overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that includes Satan, by the way, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative things that includes the coronavirus and other viruses will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What an amazing amazing passage indeed. So no wonder the psalmist in Psalm 73, 25 was asking these rhetorical questions by saying, whom have I in heaven but you? Because no one can separate me from your love. And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Verse 26, my flesh and my heart may fail. I will get ill. I may die. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My strength does not come from anything other than from God himself. My strength comes from the one who created my heart. My strength comes from the one who is the God of the universe. And in verse 27, he says, For behold... Those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, as for us, the believers, as for me, the nearness nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. And with that, I want to take us now to Psalm 91, and I want to close us with that psalm. That psalm basically starts with these amazing words, and I encourage any of you to keep this psalm all the time before you on a daily basis to remind you of the goodness of God, the power of God, and the amazing love of God. In Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If you are living in God's shelter, you're always going to be in his shade. No sun, no heat, nothing is going to bother you. Okay? Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We trust in God. In God we trust. I mean, we read this in the dollar sometimes. You know, I wonder if we mean it. That's what it came from. In God, I trust. Okay? In God, whom I trust. This is an individual saying this. It's a personal relationship. This applies to each one of us. Our trust is in the Lord, not on anything else. I don't trust in the physicians. I don't trust in government. I don't trust in a president. I don't trust in the CDC. I don't trust in scientists. But I trust in God who gave all of them the wisdom to deal with this pandemic. God is the one who's going to give the president the wisdom to deal with it. He's going to give his uh, task force the wisdom to tackle it. He's going to give the CDC the wisdom to figure out the solution. He's going to give the wisdom to the doctors to diagnose and to treat. He's going to give the scientists to come up with the cure. So we trust in him who give them that wisdom. And in verse 3, Again, I'm reading from Psalm 91, verse 3. If you're just tuning in, or if you've been tuning in for a while with us now, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about the current pandemic called coronavirus. That is a global pandemic, and we're asking ourselves as believers, where do we go in a situation like this? Whom should we turn to? And the Bible gives us this answer We turn to the Lord, we tell the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Verse 3 says, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper. He's going to deliver us as a nation, as a city, as a household, as a globe. He will deliver us. Maybe it's kind of funny, really, uh, the coronavirus have trapped all of us. You know, you hear about two weeks, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, restrictions imposed and, you know, sometimes three weeks in some countries. But he, the coronavirus, cannot trap us because the Lord will deliver us from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. What a perfect verse that deals with this. God is the one who's going to deliver us from the snare of the coronavirus, and he is going to deliver us from the deadly pestilence called the coronavirus and other viruses in the future, and pestilence in the future, and other conditions in the future, not just today, not just yesterday. God is not going to run out of his power and strength to do this. Tomorrow, he's not going to say, oh, darn it. You know, this virus actually that came in now is even stronger than the coronavirus. What am I supposed to do now? Not at all. We worship a God who can deliver us from anything. Verse 4, Psalm 91, verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions. Yeah, yeah, I know we need to cover our face sometimes with a mask or uh, sanitize ourselves. But you know what? We can do all of these things because they're wise advice, no doubt. We have to obey these kind of things. Scientists tell us what they know, things that we do not know about. But at the end of the day, let's keep in mind also, you can do all of these things, but rest assured as the child of God, he himself will cover you as well. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bellwork. The faithfulness here. Is the word that really describes God's ultimate and unconditional love for all of us. And the imagery here is almost like of a big bird that is basically covered, like a like an eagle, for instance, like a like a, a big mother chicken, you know, who is covering hens. You know, Jesus used this metaphor about Jerusalem. He says, "How, oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, you know, how how much I long to gather you as a hen under my wings." You know, the Lord loves His own. And he wants to protect them. We are his children. And he's not going to uh, be stingy with us. We are so broken for our children. You think the Lord is not broken for us? He he sent his son to die for us because that's how much he loves us and cares for us. In verse 5 it says, You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon, verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, and a ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Wow, what an amazing God indeed that we worship. Folks, this is really what I wanted to share with you, and I want to close by this reminder From our Lord Jesus Christ himself who says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have conquered the world. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to us. My advice really is to go to God in times like this more so than ever before. Uh, Join us, as always, uh, uh, to listen to Let Us Reason. Go to our website, CIRA International, that's C as in Charlie, C-I-R International. And I cannot emphasize to you how much I would love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel called CIRA International. And I cannot even uh, emphasize to you how much we need your support. Uh, Become a Patreon patron and give as little as $1 so that the Lord can help us continue with this mission, and you can even give through PayPal. And if you want to even give differently, reach out to me directly through my website, sirainternational.com. Thank you for listening in. May these words that have been spoken be a huge encouragement for you. May the Lord bless you richly. Until we meet again, have a blessed day.